0: Andrea and I need your help. If you like our episodes, please give us a five-star rating and a review. Not sure exactly how that helps us, but it does and it makes people want to listen. When they see that five stars and a good review from you, so go to wherever you're listening to your podcast, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia, wherever, and hit that five stars. The family, one of the most important things in American life and any life on planet Earth. What threatens it? What causes turmoil? And what happens more specifically to the children when the parents or the adults make the largest mistakes or have circumstances that are out of their control drive them to an unthinkable answer? Dr. John DeGarmo, the Foster Care Institute, is going to walk us through the questions that we have about adoption, foster care, human trafficking. Dr. John, how's it going? Going good. Thank you for asking. Excellent. Um, so you're first off, we always kind of do business first to make sure everybody knows who you are and uh and I, I guess you're you're a big you're a big uh, uh speech maker and helper for people in this in 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 nonprofit world i guess um to help people get coordinated to correct and do like foster care stuff correctly
1: right right
0: can you can you just kind of give me a little bit more of your background on that?
1: Sure. Yeah. Thanks for asking. So I'm Dr. John DeGarmo, founder and director of the Foster Care Institute. I've been a foster parent myself to over 60 plus children. Um, I've had as many as 11 kids in my house at the same time. I, that's that's um,
0: too much of a party for me. I can't do it.
1: Uh, it's pretty pretty intense, let me tell you. <laughs> and we, we've had the blessing of adopting three kids as well. Oh, nice.
0: Nice. My brother has adopted some children, and Andrea, she is active in CASA. Ah, I love CASA's. Yes,
2: thank you. Great
0: program. Andrea, uh, explain CASA's just a touch for people who don't know what it is.
2: Uh, Court appointed assistant advocate for kids in the foster care system. Um, You are... um Trained through the Casa of various organizations and have their various little hub areas. We have one here in Northwest Arkansas on Springdale. You're trained, and you are the advocate for the child in the foster care system. So you, they
0: need a voice. You guys provide it.
2: You are their voice. We're not hooked up. We're not affiliated with DHS, but we do work well with them. We're not affiliated with any of the attorneys, but we do work with them. And so you are the voice for the child. Yeah.
0: And now uh, you have some specific goals that you may be after in the in the foster care. care care world uh, Dr. DeGarmo uh, can you is there something in particular that's really got you on a soapbox
1: oh sure yeah thanks for asking so you know as you and I are having this conversation there's 5 million children who are experiencing domestic violence in their house there are 800,000 children who are missing there are 300,000 children victims of human trafficking every year in a nation these are all issues that society just doesn't want to talk about or recognize because it makes us feel uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, that's one of the things that I like to do. I like to bring people in. Then we talk about the, the, the things that make people uncomfortable. Because, you know, I mean, sure, maybe Rogan talks a little bit about it, or maybe, you know, you barely hear it on the news, but an in-depth conversation with somebody who is dealing with this on a daily basis is not something that we hear a lot. And, most of the time it's either politicized or something like that and I really we just want to learn
1: right right you're right it is politicized or or not even discussed
0: yeah Um, so uh, now you do have some books and things that are available that
1: uh, people can look at and maybe buy that's correct I got a number of books uh, parenting books foster care books adoption books uh, a memoir if they want to hear want to read a an emotional story, humorous but sad story at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I've got a number of books.
0: Now, what was of all the books that you've written, what's your most favorite?
1: You know, probably my, my first one, Fostering Love, One Foster Parent's Journey. It's a memoir of my my first 10 years as a foster parent. The ups and downs, the highs and lows, the absurdities, the heartbreaks, the joys.
0: Okay. Um, well, I mean wow heartbreaks and joys i know my brother went to he was doing foster care stuff and they had a a little girl that came in and she was there about six months and everybody started they just fell in love with her she was probably six and she was a good kid and she was nice and she loved everybody back and then all of a sudden her mom shows back up and takes her away
2: That does happen. I mean, depending upon what state you live in. I know in Arkansas, they try to stay unification with the family is the
0: goal. Well, that's California in uh, in the early 2000s. But, you know, that's family. Now, do you think that family should take precedence over uh, a foster care uh, type situation? What do you think on that?
1: It all depends upon the situation. The end goal of foster care is reunification reunification between the birth parents and the child or maybe biological family members of the child fifty um, percent of kids in foster care are reunified of that 50 percent 20 to 30 percent come back into care because their families weren't ready yet may have experienced additional abuse or neglect or abandonment um, so you know it really depends upon the situation ideally ideally a child would never have to go into foster care because they're li- they're living in a loving stable safe home but you know, we know that's not the, always the case. Yeah. As I said earlier, five million children in their own home experience domestic violence every year. So, you know, if a child is able to go back home and reunite with their family, and it's going to be, uh, you know, safe and stable and, and loving, et cetera, then yes, I'm all for it. But if the child's in any way going to be in danger, then child child needs to be always placed in place where they're going to be they're going to be safe. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, lately, and this is just my personal opinion. Um, past few years, the goalposts for what is considered evil or bad behavior seem to be moving. So I would agree. And is that a good thing or are we looking or are we just going to end up, uh, uh, you know, running into a fence eventually?
1: I don't think it's a good thing at all I think you're right, the the goalpost is moving We're seeing a lot more Well, we're seeing a pandemic of The real pandemic I've been talking about the last two years Is child depression, teenage depression Uh, Teenage suicides up 51% 51% huh? 51% since COVID Wow Um, You know, we're having more children flooding over the border Many of those kids are victims of human trafficking We're seeing a rise in in drug-related deaths Where do those children go? You know, they're, they're all these kids are flooding into a foster care system that's really struggling right now.
0: So what, So, specifically, which states do you know the most about
1: on the foster care system? Well, I've had the blessing of traveling uh, across our country, working with agencies all over the U.S.
0: If, if you would say that you had one in particular that you were more of a master of their way of doing things than the, than the rest, is there one that you would pick?
1: Well, I seem to go to Texas a lot. Texas is a large yeah. state, okay. um, and I'm there often working with a number of agencies there.
0: So do you find that the uh, um, the, the rules are cohesive state to state, or is it just always something different? You know, that's a great question. Fifty
1: different states. Every state has its own way a of doing foster care field, different policies, different practices, different rules and regulations. And within each state, there are many agencies, and every agency often has their own different policies as well. So there truly are hundreds of ways of doing foster care. You know, while there are many, many, many similarities, there's also different
0: we've lost you for just a second. Just because, might every, want to, again, every state does it differently. We, we lost you just for a second, so uh, if you want to reiterate that again, because we didn't get any of that audio.
1: Sure. Sure, sure. I was stating that there's 50 different states, which means every state has its own way of doing foster care, because it's state regulated, and each state had, may have different policies or practices or procedures or rules or regulations. And then when it, within every state, there's also many different agencies. So every agency also has their different particular policies and practices and procedures so in essence there's really many 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 different ways of doing foster care and sadly none of them are perfect
0: yeah well you're dealing with human beings nothing ever will be perfect because each individual has so many different quirks and different pieces that they just you know because they're individuals and you pair that with three other individuals, and then add a kid to it, and then add a judge and a, judge and a, and a lawyer and blah blah blah. blah. It, every every time you run into any of this, it's going to be completely different than the last. And I guess that's why. I, I, mean, I think it might be interesting to have a set of rules that all the shares, all the states share, kind of like gun laws uh, in the South and in the Midwest. They all share those laws. And they're part of a pact, a consortium, so that way when you go across state lines, you don't have to worry about violating the law. True. I just
2: wish, I guess from my experience I've had with some of the kids I've been paired with, is having relatives in other states and getting approval for them to go to the other state, to be able to stay there for six months before adoption is... I think way too slow. At least in my experience, is it it's, even possible? It's possible, yeah. I mean, if they want them to stick with family, so if I say like, I don't know, we had a case where you're in Arkansas and their family member is in Michigan. Well, you have to do stuff here, and then you have to get Michigan to go out there and make sure the family's the house is approved yeah. for them to be able to go. I just that process to me, I just think. If I could change anything for sure, that would be the first thing I'd want to do because some of these kids are in limbo just waiting for paperwork to be pushed.
1: And You're right. You, you mentioned it. You, you said limbo. That's so true. They, they stay in foster care far too long. There's no permanency in that regard.
2: I guess it's with, with CASA advocacy, I always put on my court reports to please keep insane placement if all humanly possible. And they don't always follow and whatever reason they can't and I understand but there have been a couple times where I've like argued that point heavily in court and be like this kid's been moved six times this is ridiculous can we not keep him in the same spot can,
0: can you postulate uh, on why in the world it has to be so different between states
1: well it is a state the agencies are the child welfare agencies are run that the state Um, But, you know, you brought up something very, very important, I believe, that children should remain in the same home. The more times they're moved from home to home to home, known as multiple displacement, there there are bound to be issues of attachment, issues of trust. um, And sometimes that can develop into anger management or other type of disorders or anxieties. So when you say that a child languishes in foster care far too long, yes, sadly, some kids do.
2: And that's true. The ones I think I've never had an older youth paired yet. And I think my next case is probably going to be that. So that'll be a new experience for me. But I was paired with a child for three years. And um,
0: I don't think I could ever do it because, you know,
2: that's where Costas is so important because he told me he's a young man now. Gosh, he's probably, oh, he's probably just turned 15. Yeah, he's 15. Okay. Um, Every now and then I hear from him, you know. He's adopted now, but once they're adopted, I don't have to be in their life anymore. But there's a couple of them that every now and then they'll call me and or text me and say how they're doing. And This kid does because I was paired with him for three years, and right. he would he turned to me and he goes, "Andrea, you're the only one next to my attorney that's been consistent, stability." And I was like, "Well, I'm going to be here till the case ends." That's my, I'm going to be here. And when his case did end, he's like, where are you going to go? And I said, well, that's up to your adoptive mom now. I said, you know, my turn to go to the next child that needs me. And so he got real upset and he told his mom, he's like, I want to keep talking to her. So, you know, every now and then I hear from him, he's a teenager now. So, you know, but it just breaks your heart though, to see all that they go through and,
0: well, I couldn't. I couldn't be an advocate. There's no way because if I got a hold, if I it, it, it would be really difficult for me not to start knocking people's blocks off with the two by four.
2: I know, but you know, I, I, I'm just
0: not that kind of guy. It's not going to work for me. I mean, it's like Big Brothers Big Sisters kind of thing. I could probably do that, but I. I, I, I if somebody's abusing a little kid. I'm not the kind of guy that's going to stand there and take it. I, I, it's not going to work for me.
2: But I guess what I tell people is you know if I can make one child out there have some feeling of stability so that they kind of they grow up at least to have some sort of a normal life, then I've done my job.
0: So some of these kids end up. Some of these kids in the in the, in the abusive homes they don't end up in the system, and a lot of times. Many times they do not. Many times they do not. Yeah. And how do we how can we even track it if they don't end up in the system?
1: Well, as I mentioned earlier, five million kids every year in their own home experience domestic violence. We need to be more vigilant as a community, as a society to ensure that our children are safe. And that's what happened during COVID. You know, we forced these children to, to go home, to stay locked up at home with the belief that they were going to be safer at home than in school. Well, for many kids, school is their safe place. School is the only place yeah. they're not being abused. School is the only place they're not being hit, they're not being cursed, they're not they're being raped. They're getting two meals a day that are prepared for them. So when we sent them home and locked them at home with their abuser, yeah, um, we, we were we made a tremendous mistake and I was crying on the rooftops from that at the very beginning. I was, I was saying in 2020, I was far more concerned about the mental health issues than I was of any virus. Uh, and we're seeing that come kind of to play right now. Yeah,
2: That's true. Cause I do remember with Casa with Casa and stuff, we were still seeing our kids with, you know, guidelines and things like that. But I remember my supervisor telling me that they've had a huge uptick in cases. And could I take two at once I could do, you know, you're, yourself personally get a lot involved with these kids that sometimes one is just enough emotionally to be able to handle but I took two and they they had so many people on the waiting list waiting for CASA advocate and stuff and so they were still trying to train people remotely and stuff they were finding ways but yeah COVID I think was hard on everybody being trapped and the financial pressures of families trying to figure out how to put food on the table and things like that it just kind of Boiled over. What,
0: what would you have, What would you think would be we, a, a a great thing to start thinking about that might help us get ahead of the stuff within the foster care system?
1: Well, we need to recognize the mental health issues that are going around right now with our children, with our teens, and they'll soon be they'll soon be parents themselves. So they need to get the therapeutical services that they need. They need to get those counseling sessions that they need because we're going to have a rush of kids. You know, there's not enough foster parents right now, but we have more children coming in because of opiates. There's not enough foster parents yet. We have more kids coming up across the border. Not enough foster parents yet, Roe versus Wade. So there is such a strong need um, for more good foster parents as children flood in the system. But, you know, it starts in the home. It starts in the home. Those families that are struggling, those parents that are struggling, they should have wraparound services with them beforehand before the child is even placed in harm's way and into an, a home that they don't know. Because, you know, it's scary. It's scary for a child being placed in my home. You know, I can offer stability, structure, and what I think they, they need the most, unconditional love. But at the end of the day, when they're removed from their home, removed from their mother and their father, their norm, however abusive it may have been, removed sometimes from their siblings and their stuffed animals and toys and family members and, and house and school and placed into a strange home like my own, with strange people that they don't know, their questions are, how long am I here? When will I go home? Did I do something wrong? Is it my fault my parents don't hit me, that, that, that they do hit me, that they're in jail? Does anybody love me? Um, and they cry themselves asleep. It's a time of tremendous anxiety for these kids. So if we can somehow prevent them from being removed to home by ensuring that their home is stable, is safe, is nurturing, um, we're going to go a long ways in helping these children.
2: So how do you feel about um, what it takes to be a foster parent? Because at one point in time, I considered it. For a particular situation. Well, they never
0: let me be one—a single man living by himself. I could never be a foster parent.
1: You could be a foster parent. You don't have to be married. You don't have to be rich. You I don't, don't know. Have have a big house. Arkansas you, has
0: a few different rules than most states, so it's a little different. Little different here.
2: I was told that, of course, you can't be a CASA advocate and obviously a foster care parent at the same time. It's a conflict of interest. But I, I didn't was mean to
0: cut you off. I apologize.
2: I was told that it wouldn't be ideal situation.
1: So. Uh, Yes, being a, being a CASA and a foster parent is, I, is tough, to be sure.
2: Yeah, and I would give up one for the other, and I honestly considered it, but yes, I know they were upset that I was going to leave, but I honestly thought about doing it, and I was basically kind of told that, you know, hey, we really kind of prefer families that have both a mom and a dad, and I, kind of, so I kind of just took it as that's kind of what was the standard, but... So, you know, of some situations where a single man could be a foster parent and a single mom, a woman could be a foster parent.
1: Yes. I know many across the country, including Arkansas. Really? Um, Maybe
2: it was just the county I was in because I, I live in a... Carol's
1: kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Or it, could be, or it could be the agency in your county. There may be a small private agency in your county that um, that requires marriage. Um, for
2: that, but, yeah, I kind of want to that the particular point.
1: private agency because you know there are state agencies and there's agencies and there's things. private really? agencies. I know, and there wait a
0: minute, hang on a second. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, it's, okay. it's owned by the county essentially,
0: owned by the state, but it, but it's a private agency. I, I okay,
1: hang on. There may be a faith based agency, maybe a Christian agency or can, a can, Jewish agency.
0: Can 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 you expand on that? For somebody who's never heard of such a thing, I thought it was always just with the state. So I'm sure a lot of my a lot of the people that are listening to Andrea and I's podcasts are, are like, What?
1: So wait, can you elaborate on that? I I want to know about that. Sure, sure. There are in fact we're seeing a growth of faith-based foster care and adoption agencies across the country. You know, a few years ago I wrote a book called The Church in Foster Care. Because I believe that, well, foster parenting to me has been the hardest thing I've ever done. It's also been the most rewarding thing I've done. But I recognize that not everybody can be a foster parent. Everybody, though, can help in some way, in some way, so many ways. And the church and faith-based organizations have an opportunity for a new mission field. You know, we don't have to go to Honduras or Nicaragua or Mexico. And I've done that. My kids have done that. But there's a mission field within a mile of each of our house with so many millions of children who are being abused every year. And churches are recognizing that, and we're seeing a lot of faith-based organizations grow out of that.
0: How 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 does that even happen? Can the, how does this, so? I guess the state just gives them the money to do this. What do they do?
1: Well, most of the, many many faith-based foster care um, organizations are nonprofit, um, so they may be getting grants or funding, you know, through churches and other individuals and then there is a per diem for a child when a child's placed in foster care the foster family will get a per diem a daily per diem a daily rate it's it's quite low uh depends upon the state depends upon the age of the child depends upon the needs of the child um so the faith-based ma- organization may get funding in a number of ways
0: so and and I got how do So they end up in the state system, but they get passed to a nonprofit outside?
1: They could. Yes, that can
0: happen.
2: I think I know what he's talking about. Northwest Arkansas has something called The Call or The Calling. I'm not sure. I think it's called The Call.
0: I never heard of anything.
2: And it's, um, there's still a child of the state of, of Arkansas or whatever. and Lord of the state? Kind of, yeah. sort of. I don't really know the correct language, but more or less, the state has control over their placements and where they go. But um, a lot of people within, um, I think it's a couple of Baptist churches around Northwest Arkansas all get together. It's like a f- group of family of them and they all help each other, mentor each other, help each other, and it's a lot of money goes into it and stuff and huh. they're all a bunch of foster parents.
1: I didn't... Yeah, I, I wouldn't... Of them. The call is a large. Is it a large? Okay, somebody? cool. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm not yes. too familiar with it because I didn't even
0: know there was a such thing.
2: We um I haven't really had a child that's been at a home that's associated with that, but I've heard of it through other causes.
1: Wow. There's also Bethany Christian Services, which is also another. Oh. I've heard of Bethany Christian rate Services, rate. but I didn't know they did that. Yes. Yes. So, but don't feel bad because before I was a foster parent, I believed all the many myths and misconceptions about foster care, and I had really no clue. Yeah, twenty well, some years ago. So for,
0: for me, I have I have zero children. I was married twenty years, but by choice, I didn't want to have any children because I knew that she wasn't going to be able to raise any children, and I couldn't trust her. She and i i don't care who's hearing this this is the truth and that's what i like to do is talk about truths but you know she i went on a business trip for five days came back she hadn't fed the fed the cat the cat didn't have any water or food and for five days so i'm like i can't trust her with the kids so i don't have kids so a lot of this stuff is really just kind of new to me
2: so what are some of the common misconceptions about foster care that you could probably clear up for our audience
1: that's a great question That the kids are bad kids No They're not bad kids um, And that The foster parents Are crazy Then that part's eh, almost maybe true. <laughs> That part is almost true Because you've got to be A little bit crazy To bring in children To your home 24 hours a day Who are suffering From anxiety Yeah drama, etc. Because there, it, it's it's. Let me tell you, it's it's difficult. And then the heartbreak that goes involved as well when a child leaves your home because it's like losing a member of your own family.
0: Yeah, you get to know them really well, and there's probably oh, well, children you, that, that you don't ever get to know, and they're just not friendly.
1: I get that too. You no, know, when, ch- when a child comes into a foster care home, your your, your good foster parents are going to provide. You know, well, I think kids in foster care need three things: stability, structure. But they need most importantly, unconditional love. They need us as foster parents to love them with all of our hearts because we might be the first person who's ever loved them. And every child deserves to be loved. Sadly, well, though, every we don't. human deserves to be loved.
0: Yes. Right. Right. I, I, I really find that I've always found that the stuff that we need as children, we need as adults too. A lot of times we just refuse to accept the fact that I'm a big 300 pound man. I'm a big manly man, but I need a hug every now and again. We think, "Oh, that's not manly." But you know what? Hugs are good. I like them.
2: Yeah, that was one of the things I would always make sure that the kids I had that they knew that I was coming and I kept my word and yeah. that I would um one particular case and I you might laugh at this. You know, when you promise a kid something, you better be very careful, you know, that you keep it. And
0: I still hold grudges over my dad promised me promising me stuff and not doing it. I think I was like 10 and I still remember it to plain as day right now.
2: Well, one little boy was not wanting to get his grades, keep his grades. He just didn't care. And I asked him, I was like, why? You know, you said you wanted to do do this in college and things like that. He's like, why? They're just going to move me. Just move me to another school. And I said, what will it take for you to have good grades? I said, what would you want? And thinking in my head, oh, no, I just opened a can of worms. This kid's going to ask for an Xbox (laughs) 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 or something that's a little bit hard for me to get. Can I
0: get a Maserati?
2: All he said was is he wanted donuts and a Coke. And so I just left the place (laughs) crying because I was like, oh, this kid wants his donuts and a Coke. And I kept seeing him, asking about his grades. And I got a phone call in the middle of work from one of the... um, foster care workers saying hey he has his grades he's gonna ring them off to you and then the kid got all a's nice. and he wants to know when is he gonna get his donuts and a coke <laughs> so <laughs> you know and i'll always remember that That's you brought him well, the donuts it's...
0: and the coke though
2: yeah i did i did i brought you brought t- him
0: like four billion donuts no in.
2: we had a dozen for two people hey
0: man you're 140 pounds come on
1: See this child though this, this 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 child you're referring to here very likely may not never had any type of normalcy in his life you know he's looking many kids no child wants to be in foster care it's an ugly label thrust upon them yeah um and and they're missing out on a normal childhood you know they see it in the media they see it on TV and the news in, you know magazines the movies etc even at school
2: yeah yeah when they're
1: placed in a foster care home setting they don't have that.
2: And the sad thing about this situation, he wasn't really in a foster home, he was in a shelter. Uh-huh. A boy shelter. So he, I made arrangements like and we sat he on like the it. back porch of that place and ate donuts and drank or coke and it was one of the most heartwarming things I've ever done. I, o-
0: I did that with this one dude, but it was it was more about pizza and beer.
2: <laughs> Not for kids.
0: No, kid either at the then I we mean at the shelter, you probably wouldn't get to go back.
2: <laughs> so, um, any other misconceptions you'd like to clear up? I think the one that I get the most is like, well, they're never going to change. They came from bad parents. It means so they're bad, and bad kids and why are you trying? And I, I, I hate that label because it's like it's not the child's fault. Sometimes they, they just have parents that need a little help and,
1: right, you know, right. it's
2: not the kid's and it, fault.
1: And, and and it's harder to find placements for teenagers. Yes. Yes. Uh, Yes. because many many people want the sweet cuddly little baby that they can maybe adopt but they you know there there are so many myths about teenagers as well is they're gonna they're, again they're gonna be bad kids they're gonna be troubled kids
2: or they're gonna I had one lady said I don't want to I don't want a teenager because he's probably gonna end up being abusive like his parents had hit me and I'm like not every child is like that I, I understand the fear There's a chance
0: she was she's not wrong but I don't think she's
1: looking at it correctly because if you know i look back at upon a time we had three high school seniors in our house oh um, wow what
2: a beautiful time for in their lives it really,
1: was. it really was they were all from different homes they all were in different paths um but there was a time of a lot of laughter in our house a lot yeah. of laughter um you know it, it was it easy no it was tough um but at the same time you know we could see healing every single day through laughter, through play, yeah. and um, you know, it was it was
0: very rewarding. Well, it's the saying that I always have is "garbage in, garbage out," and what that means to me is, if you're going to think negatively, you're going to act negatively, and you're going to speak negatively. If you are, are so, if you're only watching and learning and listening to negative things, that's all you're ever going to do. But if you're in a mixed house that you're not used to and the people are positive and not just trying to get a check off of you because you don't have anywhere to live, because that does happen too. It's not as, not as prevalent as people think it is, but it does happen. Um, the, you know, if you're joking with them, talking to them and tell them, yeah, no, you, you deserve this. You, you, you did a good job at that. I'm glad you said that to that person because that's a really nice thing to say because they could have been having a bad day. Now they're having a good day. Things like that. And it's positive upon positive upon positive. Eventually, all that garbage that they've been consuming is going to be gone. And all that's left is what they've been consuming, which is positivity and and a bright outlook on life.
1: So – Right. But, you know, for so many kids, they're a product of their environment and they're not getting any of that. You know, for many kids, um, it's generational. Their parents are abused, their grandparents are abused, and they just pass it on. You know, so many kids I've cared for in our home who become members of our family. They're coming from an environment where their own parents were also in foster care and they never got the professional help, the professional counseling or therapy that they may have needed. And they don't know how to be a parent because no one was a parent to them. Yeah.
2: This is kind of a question I've I've also um, kind of want to get your opinion on. Um, I've had some experiences with a couple foster homes that made me very uncomfortable. Like I just got a bad feeling. The kid gave was giving me some information that kind of made I was kind of like uh, I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about you the shut
0: one of them down?
2: Uh, yeah, I did. She was not.
0: She deserved to be shut down. She That's was, all we need to say.
2: Yeah, she was not treating the child well. Yeah. How do you feel about the people that just use it for a paycheck? Because that stuff just boils me over. Like, you should love these kids and treat these kids like they're your own and give them stability and what they need, not just keep a roof over their head, smile when DHS shows up, and then be completely mean behind closed doors.
1: Well, as I said earlier, not everybody can be a foster parent, That's and not correct. everybody's. And not everybody should be a foster parent. And that does happen. You know, there's a bad apple in every single barrel, sadly. The, the unfortunate reality is that agencies across the country are so desperate in some parts of the country for foster parents. Uh, and sometimes that bad apple slips through the crack. And You got to put when them happens, somewhere, man. When, I ha- when that happens, I want those children removed from their home.
0: Yes, yeah. the situation that it was, and all you can do is have somebody paying attention. So I would now. There's something too that you oh. guys talk about, yes, uh, or that you talk about, uh, John. And I'm really, really curious about this, and I want to get to it because we're we're closing in on about we're about half an hour in, and I want I really want to know about this stuff, um, and you know we've seen the movie Taken and things like that you know Liam Neeson where he you know uses a gun to win the day but then turns around on TV and says no one needs guns but whatever we won't go there um hypocrisy is like i hate it anyway so but it's human trafficking is what those movies are about i can't Fathom as an American, now maybe as like a Guatemalan living in a dirt hut with a dirt floor, and you know, I have to watch what I eat because i may get dysentery or something. I get it down there, but as an American, how in the world can anybody be sucked into human trafficking in the United States at this time of
1: in this era? It's very easy. It's very easy. Three hundred thousand children, it is estimated. By many studies, three hundred thousand children victims of human trafficking. I live an hour south of Atlanta, where it's ninety-two million dollars every single year. Um, you know, many children, and and we saw the rise of it during COVID. Unfortunately, because we are locking these kids at home, and many of them are going online looking to escape from maybe the abuse in their own home or those children who are very, very vulnerable.
0: Or just really, really um, bored and not very smart because they're And, they're, and they,
1: they meet up with a human trafficker online, a predator online who seeks them out because they are vulnerable and lures them in with false hopes and false promises. Well, that's what and happened to
0: those two girls up at the Delphi. The Delphi murders was a big deal inside the uh, true crime community. Uh, two girls were walking on the train track and – they took a picture of this dude he's a grainy bad phone picture and then they showed up missing and then about a week later they found the bodies and like five years later it's night 2019 i guess when this happened it turns out it was this dude that worked at the cvs down the street and he had lured him out to the train track using an instagram account that was put together by a guy in a florida jail and he gives it to pedophiles across the country to get dates with kids And it's 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 convoluted. It's crazy. So I could I understand what you're saying. We just had that revealed on the Delphi murders. Um, So but the human trafficking portion of it, I I, how does that even happen? Besides, we know we get the Instagram. They get to meet some unsavory folks. But uh, what happens at that point?
1: One of the things one of the reasons why it happens is most people don't want to talk about it. They don't believe it's happening. Or they don't want to address it because, again, it makes them feel uncomfortable. So they talk about other things, politics, sports, movie movie actors, etc. Yeah. So when we ignore it or don't want to accept it or talk about it or acknowledge it, it will only grow.
2: Are they basically just kidnapping these kids, essentially? Uh,
1: yes, yes wow so
2: because so, i have prostituting them out prostituting them out. because i mean i have
0: teenagers so you were right we had discussing this earlier and you said that the these 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 may be the new pimps
2: yeah i mean this sounds crazy but basically is that kind of what it is they kind of take these kids but keep them drugged up and do these yes. kids not fight to get home or are they just so scared and bullied and
1: drugged they're that- scared they're bullied they are threatened um their their family members are threatened, you know. Um and and for some of these kids it's an escape from something else, or it might be their norm because they've suffered from sexual abuse all of their life as well. So this is just nothing new.
0: And there's some people who are just different, and that's like maybe one tenth of one percent of one percent. You know, there's there's always somebody that's interested in something.
2: So how do you protect your kids from this i know everyone's like be careful who you talk to online this and the other but some
0: um, we you know we get the things like the satanic panic back in the 80s where everybody thought there was cults going to kill the kids and they're doing sort human sacrifices and the fbi investigated and nobody's doing it so it that, that doesn't help with stuff like this because you know what, what even is it i don't have we even addressed how this begins
1: well, you know, you, if, you are, if you are watching, you're seeing in the news often about police arrests breaking a, another child sex trafficking ring. And, and, you know, what happens most often in America is during the Super Bowl week. Really? Uh, at the Super Bowl event. I've oh, yes, that's heard
2: cool. that. What is it about right. Super Bowl? Because nobody's paying attention and we're watching the Super Bowl. I mean, why Super oh, well, Bowl weekend?
1: Because the intercha- Because all the entertainers and athletes are there. And people from around the world are coming there with high money. And so that's what some of them do. Let's let's look at Jeffrey Epstein.
0: Yeah.
2: I honestly well, don't know much about that guy other than he well, was. The
0: problem is, is Epstein flitters into the, the political because Bill Clinton was one of his better friends. So it becomes difficult to decipher what Epstein did versus what he was, what, what the rumor mill hit. And, and a lot and then you get a lot of people don't want to talk about it because it gets no. close to home because of it's their politician guy that they liked hanging out with this dude so do well, we don't want to talk about it because it makes us look bad
1: and and I just want to know the truth is all I want to know well, I was aware of him on my radar ten years before he's arrested, and when he was arrested, I told my wife I said he will be and I put in air quotes dead within three days, and sure enough he was. Yeah, um, But, you know, again, it, it happens all around us and it happens to those children who are most vulnerable. You know, they're, they're seeking something in life that they're not getting at home.
2: So how do we protect our kids? Make them aware. Now, of them. You,
1: mentioned, you mentioned online earlier. That's one way to do it. And that is to be consistently vigilant of who our children are chatting with online, who they're friends with online, what well, games and chat rooms they're playing yeah. online. Games? Chat, and chat rooms
0: are a big deal. Back in 9-11, oh, they were using chat rooms on games to tell the terrorist buddies what the plan was. So chat rooms is something they've been using for a very long time to do clandestine work uh, to, to to either terrorism or trafficking
1: or drugs.
2: I kind of thought
1: then,
2: chat rooms would be out of favor since TikTok is all the
1: rage. No, no. game Game chat rooms are where predators can find kids, Yeah. Um, social media, of course. And, and, you know, of course the predator is many times they are having a, another image, you know, they're, they're using oh, yeah. a pseudonym. They're using a false profile. Kind of like 20% oh. of the girls that I
0: went out with after my divorce. Oh gosh. What? <laughs> but so, no, they're, they're bad about that. They really, they really truly are. And it's like I, every week we talk about this and, it's if you see it on the internet, it doesn't. you doesn't mean you can believe it. There used to be a saying: just because it's written down, doesn't mean it's true. And you know, it's it hasn't changed. It's still the same thing. So what? So okay. Abraham Lincoln said that. Remember?
2: Yes. Yeah, so be vigilant. Is there, for I don't know for yes? I get the internet, but is there anything else we can do like? Be more vigilant about being in—I don't know—in public areas with young ladies that look distressed. Yes, um, yes
1: that's correct. Bus stops, bus stations, well, truck stations.
0: We, I get the bus stations and the truck stops because you know there's that's that's a life uh, that a lot of people live that no one talks about. Uh, they get on the. That's why the best use of CBs these days is to call in and get yourself a girl when
1: you go to the truck stop. Large airports as well. Really? Okay. Really? Airports? Sure. Sure. Fly them in and out.
2: Oh, that's true. That makes sense. But where
0: would you do it? Just to go down to the Drury next door? What would you be doing? I don't get it.
2: I mean, if it's airports with any type of young girls that look like they're dress provocative. They, I'm sure they it
0: always is that way. No, they
2: probably are dressed in jeans and a T-shirt hanging out with an older guy. But how do yes, you how do you? That's correct. <laughs> How do you know that that's that that's a human trafficking versus someone? That's just
0: grandpa, and grandpa's a little weird.
2: Yeah, or um, somebody with uh, an, an older cousin or something like that. I mean, if that was the case, I'd be stopping everybody all the time, wondering what's going on, and I would probably you go are into,
0: slightly paranoid about be this. Going to because you have kids, and well, I get that. It's
2: because this kind of stuff is really like it breaks my heart Sorry. and i would do anything for any little kid i'm trying is- to
0: look at it from the other you know not the other point of view because screw that i'll you know i believe in public hangings oh. i really do believe pedophilia would the rates would go down with public hangings you're convicted of it and there's no possible way out of it and we know you did it we're just going to hang you in the square no. i think i i the rates would go down because yeah, a lot of those but- guys are cowards so
2: is there any other type of signs where I'm not literally not stopping every little young lady in the airport or is there anything else?
1: There are signs. There may be tattoos. There may be, um, there may be fear or, or in their eyes or, or aversion, not looking at the people in the face, in the eyes. Uh, okay. There may be bruises or dark marks. Um, there are also the clothing as well of me a sign what do you, mean you know one of the things we need to be aware of is well when you want to talk about human traffic we need to be aware of what some of those signs might look like
2: yeah because honestly i mean i'm not complete 100 aware of like the subtle well, stuff like airports i we mean we have like-
0: a lot of poor people and they're not necessarily poor as in world standards but as far as u.s standards they're low income and that they do the tattoos the, the kids do the tattoos they wear the 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 Weird, You know, sometimes what we might call as 40-year-old adults plus weird clothes and things like that. And they just do that because they want to. So how can you you disseminate between the two, especially with the world of tattoos being so free and open now?
1: Right, right. And there are other signs as well, maybe poor living conditions or if you know of a place where there are many children living together in a very small. That would be the number one giveaway for me. um, There's like five
0: girls living there and they don't go to
1: school. A child who is unable to speak for themselves, um, someone's always speaking for them or hovering over them. Um, If you ask a child and their answers seem to be scripted or rehearsed, that may be an example as well.
2: Because, I mean, I'm a nurse, so I've worked emergency room and ICU, and we've always have to ask these certain questions and things like that. And if there was ever anybody that I felt like was a little off... In their way, they were saying their questions. I would always separate them from whoever else was in the room. Right, but there's a couple times we ended up literally security or somebody would go be talking to the boyfriend, and then we'd like have the girl even at the back exit go into a shelter. But
0: so, have you been able to interview uh, any of the girls that have been rescued from human trafficking?
1: I have had children living in my home.
0: Okay, so. I mean, obviously, we don't know We're you know, we know each other on the Internet. That's what we do. <laughs> so um, the question I've got is, how did it happen? Just the, the, the story you hear most often. Did they go over to a buddy's house and they smoke some weed and then all of a sudden they find themselves being sold as, on an hourly basis or permanently or what?
1: Many times children will develop a relationship with a predator online and he will groom the child. And the child might run away from their environment they're in to go to live the promise with them. of something better.
0: Okay. So once they get there, then what happens? Then they're trapped. H- how d- insane. can you elaborate on that? I, I'm curious because as uh, I, Andrea and I are very assertive, aggressive people. If we want to do something, we're going to do it. If we don't like what you're doing, we're going to let you know. And we're going to fight. And we're well, fist- I want you to imagine. A,
1: I want you to imagine a ten or twelve year old girl who is very, very vulnerable and may have experienced rape and abuse all of her life, and now she's in another environment where there's only rape or abuse, and she can't seem she's she's locked up and unable to get away.
2: Hmm. So they physically sometimes lock these girls up. I guess my first thought is yes. um, the guy in Cleveland uh, that had the three young ladies locked in his house.
0: Uh, I think it was just one lady.
2: No. Uh, uh, uh,
0: There's a bunch of guys that did that. There's another one Not in Cleveland, but
2: um, Castro was his last name.
0: Um, is that that but, chick that came out of the window and started screaming and helping Yeah, along? I mean,
2: he he locked them up physically in a room.
0: Yeah, she's destroyed as a human being, unfortunately. Hopefully, she gets better.
2: But um, is it kind of like that situation where they're, I guess... Hollywood, unfortunately, like, movie it so much that it's hard of us to think if there's anything else other than what we see on that, which yeah. is them... Chain- I don't know who
0: you are, but if I find you, I will lie to you and tell you I'm
1: somebody I'm not.
2: And chained to the wall and that kind of thing. Sorry.
1: Yes, it can be that way. And, of course, a child can be so so afraid and so intimidated that they are not going to try to get away because there is somebody watching them at all times. You know, it, 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 it looks different for it. The different situations, but again, it's it's prevalent across our country, and sadly, it's a very very big money maker. Wow, I mean, I just it just doesn't so,
0: make any sense. I'm still trying to get my brain around it. I just don't understand.
2: So, are these young ladies, or is there young men also trafficked?
1: Sure oh, yes, yes, absolutely right. So,
2: if so they just use for just as a sexual encounter for any adult.
1: It can be. Can be. Yes. What right. else
2: could they be used for? I, In other countries, it
1: might be labor. 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 Yeah, they end up being slaves, basically,
0: a lot of times. Yes. And and literally slaves. You're going to go out and, and you're going to go fix this guy's plumbing. And when you come back, your mom will still be alive. If you come back an hour later, I'm going to kill your mom. You know, crap right no, human
1: trafficking, human trafficking globally is considered to be a $150 billion industry every year.
0: There's a reason why everybody was in the slave trade in the 1600s.
2: So, gosh, uh, what, do we, wh- what would be an advice to someone like me to help? Is it just be more vigilant of your kids on the Internet? Um, yes,
1: who their friends are as well, um, who they're associating with. You know, if you see an extreme change in mood or behavior or they're wanting to spend more time by themselves in their bedroom or more time online or in on the phone, yeah. uh, they're not wanting to answer your questions anymore. Those those could be signs that there may be trouble.
0: Now, unfortunately, it's also being a teenager. That's the hard part. You know,
1: yes, but you need to speak, stay even more engaged with your teenagers as, as best you can. So you I've know? got
0: a person that I know that I won't say anything about because they're close type family. Um, But I know this other person that has a child that can't seem to break free of being at uh, her home. And she can't do it because mom is in every thing she does controls it all and and then when the kid reacts and acts out because they're trying to become an independent individual uh she basically shuts it down and says you can't do that you're gonna die you're gonna live under an overpass and i don't want you to do that i'd rather you live here and i pay for it than you live under an overpass and That is just as detrimental to this adult man now, or adult female, I'm sorry, adult female, as it would be to, I mean, the worst thing you can imagine. How do we know where to not, how do we know where to draw the line between we've we've got them locked down, we know everything that's going on, but if you do that, you're going to hurt them as well, because I've seen it personally. Where do we, how do we get a balance? Where's, where's the balance?
1: Well, the old saying, if you see something, say something is so important because if you suspect child abuse is is happening somewhere or a child's being trafficked or whatever it might be, if you suspect it, but you don't say anything, you could have been the that child's only chance for survival. Right.
0: But how, how do we. I mean, if we're watching their Instagrams, we're watching their their Snapchats, we're watching this stuff and we're we're looking at it, how far is too far to where they're no longer independent people?
1: Well, a lot of our children today are, I call it slaves to technology. They spend all their time. They don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to look someone in the eye. They don't know how to write. They don't know how to socialize anymore. How far is too far? You know, they're spending all their time online, you know, in our house. We we unplug. Yep. We just unplug the Wi-Fi off the wall, well, out of the wall. Fair. I mean, that's
0: that's not like reading every text message. Because I, mean, I know parents no, that but do it, that. We,
1: but, but right. But now we do look through our children's phones. They know that we're going to look at their phones if we suspect anything. Because we're not. And people might say, "Well, you're embedding their privacy." Heavens, though, no, I'm protecting them. Protecting them. Yeah. Because you know, uh, so many children today have. You know, the more friends they have on social media, the better they feel about themselves. Well, no child needs a thousand friends yeah. online because if we just take if we just take ten percent of those as bad eggs, well, that's a lot. Most
0: people only have two hundred connections in their entire life. This is correct. So uh, yeah, and that's just a study that's been done. In so yeah, they have I've got thirty, nine hundred Facebook friends. But that's because I've been marketing my crap out of my Facebook since two thousand and whenever it
1: came open as a Facebook page. And you're an adult who has their, you know, you you are hopefully fully <laughs> developed uh, frontal frontal cortex. Yes. But for children who are unable to make uh, mature decisions and have and, and have uh, reasoning skills they're just going to get as many friends as they can. And again, that's where those predators are going to come right on in.
0: Well, it's like, and it goes to that, to my, to my overall saying of garbage in garbage out. Um, you know, if you're, if you expose yourself because the new music that comes out, it's not, I understand it is music. It has some art to it, but for the most part, as a guy like me, I like, I like everything from country to jazz to, to doom metal. Uh, uh, to rock and roll in you know one of my favorite bands is, is is Avenged Sevenfold, which is not uh something that's that popular. But I also really really enjoy John Mellencamp and all these you know Beatles and Rolling Stones things like that. Um, but the music so I'm I'm not speaking at the side of my head. If you look at my current playlist for those who are listening, I'm uh, sitting there thinking, oh that old guy. No, I I. Andrew can attest to this. I listen to the same music her kids do a lot of times. Yes, and but some of the stuff they listen to is just awful and terrible, it is. and it's garbage it is. It's and it's really bad negative, messages. negative, negative. Right? I mean, poison and Aerosmith and there were the and 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 uh, uh, you name them bands out of the eighties and nineties, even even George Michael's stuff in the mid eighties or mid nineties was still tamer than the crap they're listening to today. And if, Quite you, so. if, you, if you bombard yourself that 24-7, you're going to eventually start, lack of a better word, pooping that back out.
1: Well, many parents, though, are unaware or don't want to take the time to be that aware in a child's Sometimes life. they're
0: listening to the same stuff the kids are. It could be. 50? I think it's you know when we get when we when we start moving more towards a modern culture to where in in modern in modernity today you know religious people who claim to be religious is dropping by what 5 to 6% every year or, or a decade I can't remember what the statistic is and you know the, the the further further we get away from this kind of stuff from somebody who's telling you no you should be a responsible adult and not be mean to people you know we just keep seem to be drifting further and further and further away from having a set of ethics that will work (laughs) and it's our children who suffer the most
2: so i've got a question for some of our listeners out there sorry
0: Uh, for the preaching i apologize
2: um what signs would you tell a child or a young adult that might make them open their eyes or make them a little bit more aware that they are getting sucked into this, hum- the beginnings of being humanly tra- human trafficked.
0: Or, or um, just, you know, they want to take pictures of you and sell them to their buddy. That kind of stuff too.
1: If somebody's reaching out to you on hand, uh, online, and you don't know and wants to, and asks some very strong questions to you, if somebody reaches out to you online that you don't know that is asking for pictures of you, if you're spending... Many many hours in social media and don't want to uh, associate with other people outside of being online. There there are many there are many um, signs, if you will.
2: So how does like what is there any particular particular type of like I don't know phrases or things they do? Like oh, your parents sound really awful or like little catchphrases some of them use that might kind of. My, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is, is there anything in particular tricks that they do to make a child start going that direction, like phrases? Do they make them maybe start hating their parents? Do they make them kind of like, you know, that kind of stuff?
1: Yes. They also may, to yes to that. They also may uh, promise jobs of modeling or acting or being a. Um, That's the a age me- old ones, isn't it? Right. Or being a maid uh, at a high end um house. You no know, caring for children who are, are, are for the rich and famous, so to speak. It still does not um, preclude
0: the do not get into the white van that says free hugs. Don't get into that one either.
2: So it's kind of like you know, they use a lot of trickery, so to speak.
1: Absolutely. You know, they gone to the days where when I was a child back in the 70s, um, my parents told me not to accept candy from a stranger. But those strangers are online giving those kids candy. Yeah. If you will.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. They'll give them 20 bucks and say, Oh, well, I wanted to go out with my friend. They'll send them, send them money because Correct. they know what's right. coming back around.
1: Right. Right. And they get them in young. They get them in young.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nine year olds going to be like, Oh, cool. Ten year olds to be, All oh, right. I got 20 bucks. And for a
1: child, now, for, now keep in mind for a child who's experienced sexual abuse all of their life and somebody asks them to take pictures of them um, with their shirts off, um, you know, that's normal for them.
0: Yeah. It's the dad does it. What's the big deal?
1: Mm. Makes sense.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, it it becomes a standard. It's like when men that abuse their wives, on the most part, but not always, always going to have that because everybody gets on to me. For the most part, their dad abused their mom and they saw it happen. Yes, generational, as I mentioned earlier. It's it's just a statistical thing. It, it that's the way it works. Just like I, I act like crazy person. Well, my dad acted like a crazy person. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a complete knucklehead sometimes, because I can't shut my mouth long enough to say anything important. Is there <laughs> is there
2: any like type of advice you might want to give our listeners while we're probably we're probably getting close to wrapping up, aren't yeah.
1: we? Yes, to be to be vigilant. Always be vigilant. Again don't be afraid of invading the child's privacy you are protecting the child you are checking their online texts and and contacts and seeing who they're friending you're looking at the games they're playing the movies they're watching you're seeing how much time they're spending alone in the bedroom online um There's there's a number of things you can be doing. But you know, most importantly, you've just got to be involved in the child's life. You've got to be involved. If you're having the phone and the tablet be their babysitter, then you're gonna have problems. Hey, the T V was my babysitter. Just saying.
0: (laughs) It was. Every kid of the eighties.
2: I think it probably was, yeah. Yeah.
0: But the TV wasn't on all 24 hours a day. And if you turned it on at two o'clock in the morning, dad got out of bed and says, What the hell is the TV doing on? Yeah. You know, and then you got you get your butt kicked and you got thrown out of the house or, or into your room or, you know, got all your toys taken away or they took away your allowance. Now it's like, eh, I don't care. Because they're doing the same. The thing about it is, I think what part of it is, is, the parents are doing the exact same thing. They're doing the exact same thing that the kids are doing. Possibly. Sitting there on Facebook, Instagram, and 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 looking at crap on their phone, just like the kids are.
1: We model the behavior that we want our kids to to do. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's exactly oh uh, My
0: kids are a monkey see, monkey do. I do agree with that. Absolutely. Um, so where can we find the material, any of your uh, materials, and what website, if somebody wanted to go and, and look and see your website, what would it be?
1: I appreciate you asking a quick search online for the foster care Institute. will bring up lots of articles. We've talked about these issues today, human trafficking, child abuse, five ways to recognize human trafficking, eight ways to stop human, uh, child abuse, things like that. My Ted talk is on there as well. And all of my books.
0: Okay. And uh, are your books just available on your website or can they find them in the bookstores or.
1: Yes. They can find them in bookstores. I can find them on online, my website, etc. cetera. Right. Okay. Correct.
0: And so you're also doing speeches and public uh, public talks, too. Okay. Is there anything coming up that people could find you if they wanted to go and, and see you in person?
1: Yeah, I'll be in Iowa coming up soon. I'll be speaking at a, a church in Iowa, helping them create their own foster care outreach program, foster care ministry, if you will. Nice. I'll be in North Carolina coming up soon. I'll be uh, speaking in Georgia soon, um, doing an event in Canada coming up as well.
0: Have you have you ever thought about uh, we've got what's the big church Cross Church uh, is Ronnie Floyd's church I think still he used to be the Baptist the guy that ran the Southern Baptist Convention or something like that Have you ever considered talking to these guys? Uh, I haven't yet. Perhaps I will. Yeah, they're huge. Well, they're 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 developing into a megachurch. So they they started to become a megachurch and then they started to branch. And cut it out from being a mega church to just being a slightly large church. <laughs> and they started building other churches somewhere under the same brand, but you didn't go all to the same church. But it's it's a Baptist, it's typical Southern Baptist uh church, and it's one of the largest in the in northwest Arkansas. So it it might be someplace to start with that because I like I said, there's not a much outreach on this stuff because I didn't even know the church could do this. I didn't even know that existed. Right. Right. So you had a question looked like Andrea. What was No, no I'm good. Oh, oh, did I just I would make you forget it by talking too much again?
2: No, you're good. <laughs> He's answered all my questions and I appreciate you um, being open and honest and giving us good tips. I think it's good for the listeners to be able to understand a little bit more about human trafficking and how so they can prevent it.
0: Is is your foundation a charity?
1: No, no, I, I work with child welfare organizations and agencies across the country and across the globe. So you deal with more governmental type agencies? Oh, no, not necessarily. Um, many faith-based, maybe private agencies, Any anything that's related to foster care or adoption or human trafficking or child abuse, I'm okay. um, in there helping. I'm working with legislators across the country trying to reform the system, make the system better.
0: Well, if there's uh, one thing you could get done uh, that would help almost every state, what would you like
1: to see then? I would lower the ratio between caseworkers and foster parents because today's caseworkers are overworked, overwhelmed, under-resourced, underpaid, understaffed, under-supported. And we're losing a lot of good caseworkers. And since we don't have enough caseworkers and they're overwhelmed, the foster parents aren't getting the support services they need to care for the children.
2: I would agree with him on that. Yeah,
1: I would agree. Nice. Okay. So there
0: may be more of a federal federal underwriting of it might help.
1: Perhaps. Yes.
0: I mean, because, you know, I think we should return to the days that we used to have back in the day when people would do like drugs or something like that. And they would go to they'd go to rehab when they called it back then convalescent homes or something like that. I can't remember. Um, And it was all charity. If you were hooked on heroin or morphine in the 1870s, the government didn't help you get off of it because it wasn't illegal. One, and two, the, you know, if you needed to get off of it, the, the, the churches all put up these charities, and that's where people went for this stuff. And now, it's like, that doesn't even exist anymore. It's all either for-profit or state-run.
1: Uh, true. Well, the, irony, the irony is, as, you, as we're, the three of us are having this conversation, and as people are listening to us, there are children where we live, right where we live, who are hoping that someone's going to help them out. Yeah.
0: I understand that. I've had, I've known some people that really needed help, and there was nobody to help. Especially, especially in the late seventies and mid eighties. As a kid, you know, twelve years old, ten years old, really. I mean, it was almost expected that your dad's gonna, you know, punch you. It's like the cops would be like, eh, whatever.
1: So I get it. I totally understand that.
0: Well, is there any last thought uh, thoughts you want to leave us with?
1: That everybody can help a child in some way, whether it is. Creating backpacks filled with hygiene items or school supplies, whether it's being a mentor, tutor for a child, whether it is adopting, if you will, a foster family in your community to help with gifts on Christmas and birthdays, whether it is delivering meals to foster families once a month. If you have your own small business, maybe hiring some youth in foster care, some teenagers to help them develop some social skills and 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 work skills, whatever might be there. Those are just a few of the many, many ways that everybody can help a child in crisis in some way, because again, there's a child in every single community who needs help.
0: So one last thing I'd like to ask, We is there a nonprofit that does help with this particular situation in, in this realm that you trust?
1: The National Foster Parent Association, the NFPA, is one that I like. There are many. I'm just going to name that one there, but there are many. Yes. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's tough to find out which ones that you would – it's tough to to give money to people and these days because there's so many nonprofits that don't help anybody. They just take the money and, and use it for administration a lot of times.
2: I mean, CASA helps a lot. We do give backpacks and stuff. When kids go back to school, we do um, sponsor Kasa's,
1: all, all Kasa's of them. Right. Casas are wonderful. Um, there is the all in fostering futures. Um, they're helping youth who have recently aged out of the system to give them better skills. They're, you know, if you give your child welfare agency in your community a call and ask if there are some reputable ones in your area. Um, yeah, that's a good way to start. All
0: right. So, Andrea, coming up next week, we are going to talk and thank you. Uh, thank you, John. I appreciate it very much.
1: My pleasure. Thank you to both of you. I appreciate your uh, your advocacy in this.
0: Yeah, no, we're absolutely. I mean, just, there's some things that people need to talk about and we need to know about. And like I said, I have learned something every time we do an episode of anything, even if it's crazy stuff that we're talking about, like ghosts, which we do that from time to time. And, you know, I've always learned something. And this time I learned that the foster care system isn't just the state. It's also has privately run stuff. And it's like, that's, I'm, I'm astounded. I didn't even know that. So, um, well, we appreciate you being on and we hope everybody goes, if you want to name your website again,
1: the Foster Care Institute or a quick search online for Dr. John DiGarmo, And it'll come up as well. How do you spell your last name for people who are listening? D is in David E G is in Gary A R M is in Mary O okay and
0: and uh, if you want anybody to help with i guess if somebody needed you to help or needed help putting together the private foster care system you could you would at least have the, the idea where to find the resource, resources to help them do that right
1: that's right i'm a consultant for many agencies across the country
0: yeah nice nice so uh, andrea next week
1: Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about one of my
0: ancestors.
2: Yes, and also a very interesting case coming out of Arkansas.
0: Yep, and um, this lady decided that this man who killed her father had to die, but he had to die in open court by her hand instead of the actual just going to jail and put the electric chair in the 30s. They would have probably done it in 30 days. Anyway, I don't know why she needed it. A- <laughs> Why she needed to speed that up, eh, any at all? But that's coming up next week. We we love our true crime here, and that's you know what's basically. True. And I'm a related to her.
2: Yeah, I think didn't she also help? I think with some
0: prison reform. Oh no, I'm not, I'm not related to her. I'm, I haven't got to that. We'll have to find out because I didn't read that far in the. In I my think recent. she
2: did. So
0: I, I'm not related to her. My grandmother's brother. My no, my grandmother's uncle.
2: That's kind of in the family. Was
0: his that was the man who killed her father's attorney, and he was standing right next to her when he got shot.
2: Wow! Isn't
0: that crazy? i will have to
2: find some pictures and post it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, but then then we've got what was the some of the other ones we've got coming up too, some really cool ones coming up uh, uh, to learn some stuff for sure. We've got the the one woman that's going to talk about uh, men and men and women's relationships. We got her coming up. Yes. Uh, I can't remember. Afg-
2: a gentleman from Afghanistan. Oh yeah. No, he's
0: no, he's not from Afghanistan. Not from Afghanistan. He's but gonna, he served in Afghanistan. No, he he's going to tell us about the culture of Afghanistan and how how much similar the people actually are to us. Okay. Interestingly enough. But anyway, so I guess that's it. Is there any other questions you want to ask our guests?
2: I think you've covered it. Thank you so much for being on. I've learned quite a bit and I'm going to take some of this feedback and share it with some of my fellow CASA people and just try to be, make people a little bit more well and aware and vigilant.
1: Thank you for serving as a CASA. And Thank if you. I can ever come out there and speak at one of your events, just let me know.
2: I will. I'll let the CASA office know for sure. Yeah, appreciate I appreciate mean,
1: it. I just did their video Parker. for them.
0: So I made their little fundraising video. Just got that done. They showed it yesterday.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I speak at a
0: lot of
1: CASA uh, fundraising events. I'd
0: be happy to do it okay not a problem absolutely so I guess that's it for this week and keep up keep listening because you never I've got so many interviews lined up I've got an interview every weekend until uh, until Christmas in fact past Christmas into January yep and it's just a range of topics and things because it's all interesting and it's, it, every time I talk to these people, I've learned something.
2: Hence the title, Things I Want to Know.
0: Things you want to know or I want to know. We both want to know. We want to know. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess that's it.
2: Bye. Bye.
0: Andrea and I need your help. If you like our episodes, please give us a five-star rating and a review. Not sure exactly how that helps us, but it does and it makes people want to listen. When they see that five stars and a good review from you, so go to wherever you're listening to your podcast, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia, wherever, and hit that five stars.